you're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it's Friday, my favorite day of the week, and not because it is Friday in the weekend. It is because of Unique Leaders Live. I am so excited for you to meet my guest today. Alexander Gonzalez has an amazing story that I know will just touch so many people. And so with that, please share this out. Share it on all of your social media platforms. It's on YouTube. So go there and share that and subscribe because his story truly will resonate with many, many people. And so that is the essence of Unique Leaders Live. It is about my guest's story, and you will not only uh, be able to share this, but you will glean information for yourself. So this is part of my hope and possibilities, always over the horizon, and it's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. So just know that this gentleman has an amazing story. So sit back and enjoy Unique Leaders Live. So without further ado, I'd like you to meet my guest, Alexander Gonzalez. Hello, hello. Good morning. I love this, Megan. You're so amazing. Look at this incredible. And you know what? You're literally aging in reverse in that like little snippet. I was like, oh my gosh, she's getting younger by the minute. I love it. I'll, I'll receive that, my friend. I'll receive that. So with that aging. You know, you are here today and I would love you to share your story. But before you go into that, I just want to share a little bit about how we met. We met on Clubhouse and we have met in real life. And, it, you know, I met you technically in the social media room on Breakfast with Champions. And uh, I just said, you know what? I love these people and I want to learn and grow. So you referenced my age. You know, this ain't easy doing all of this, but I love learning and I love growing. And so it's just been such a blessing, you know, learning from you, kiddo. Just such a blessing. Thank you. It's a blessing learning from you as well. Getting to meet you and hug heart to heart. It was an awesome experience. Really? So yeah. where were you uh, born? Where did you grow up? And a little bit about that and what led you to this amazing communicator and, and uh, business person of today. Thank you so much. So uh, I was born in Orlando, Florida, and I am very, very vocal about this. I won the family lottery. I did. <laughs> I won the jackpot. I have two incredible parents still together, m- over 40 years of marriage, still more in love today than they were on day one. I'm the oldest of three. It goes me, my brother, and then my sister. And I had a really, really incredible lifestyle. From the outside looking in, we were beyond blessed. And I felt blessed. Uh, I did have a little bit of childhood trauma that I've spoken about sometimes that I don't always get into. That kind of shaped me who I was gonna become later on the road when I actually learned to deal with it. But really my day-to-day was one of love, kindness, 
and truly, truly being accepted for who I am as I was, just as I was. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a great student. I was a great athlete. Uh, I was top of my class, you know, full ride to university. I ended up getting a master's degree in psychology. And that's what I thought I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. Uh, and it's funny how God has a way of really pivoting and placing us in things uh, in the right space. My father, when I was a little uh, in my freshman year of college, he was vice president of a bank my whole life. He left his incredibly cush salary and wonderful career to follow his calling into ministry. And for a long time, I knew that I was called, but I would say to my parents, I know that I'm called, I'm just not called to stand behind the pulpit. Mm -hmm. And when I found entrepreneurship, when I found being in business for myself, I finally found the calling. And what's cool is you actually got to be present the first time I actually stood on that stage and fulfilled that calling. Yes. And so that's a little bit about me. I was, you know, life was not perfect. I didn't have everything, uh, you know, it just, it wasn't leave it to be, oh, it wasn't leave it to beaver. However, it was absolutely a blessing full of love and acceptance. And that's the greatest gift I think I could have been given. So you went to college in Florida? I did. I went to Florida State University uh -huh. um, for undergrad, and then I continued on at the University of Central Florida, which is in Orlando area, kind of going home, if you will. And now I have my master's degree in psychology. I actually worked in that space for a long time. I was an adjunct professor and an academic advisor. So I never was on the therapy side. Uh, I knew actually within my first semester of grad school uh, mm -hmm. that I was not, I did not care to sit around and listen to people's problems all day because I'm an empath and yes. I couldn't separate. So yeah. their problems became my problems, but I knew that I loved this topic so I could teach. And so I taught psychology and I was an academic advisor uh, for universities. You know, John Maxwell, um, who we all know, who's, you know, famous for his leadership uh, books and um, education. I, it was fa I went to a conference of his just this past year at a local church and he was sharing, which I really I knew, but I he embellished upon it that he was, you know, a pastor. But he, he said exactly the same words that he just could not handle day in and day out people's problems. He wanted to more globally help people with information. And so that's exactly what you're doing. You and John yes. Maxwell. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'll take it. I receive yes. it. <laughs> yes, out there. And you are such a great communicator. And so as an adjunct and working in academia, um, you know, obviously you uh, honed your skills there. Would you say that? You no, know, I would actually say that I honed my skills at a very young age. So even though my father was not in full-time ministry, he was always in ministry at some level. Uh, actually, Tim's story is who started my father and my mother's ministry many, many years ago. And so I, I was a young kid at the time. And at the time, the ministry didn't really bring in a lot of money. So my dad always had this career and juggled these two sides of things. Does that make sense? Yes. Very successful in business, mm -hmm. but then also felt so called to the ministry. And it wasn't until I was a little bit older. So my brother and sister, the majority of their lives, they view it as being in full-time ministry, whereas I was just graduating high school. So mm -hmm. for me, I, I, I wasn't necessarily living in that full-time ministry life, mm -hmm. but every time, I mean, my dad would have uh, conferences with 15,000 people. Mm -hmm. And 
he every time he spoke, he would bring the family up to introduce us. My mom is an incredible public speaker. My father, incredible public speaker. They would speak, and my brother and sister were younger. I was the oldest, so then they passed the mic to me just to say hello. And right then and there, I realized, hey, this I'm not afraid. You know what most people are afraid to do? They're actually more afraid of public speaking than death. <laughs> I I wasn't afraid of. I, I enjoyed it. And when I was an undergrad, and I took speech, which in the state of Florida is a requirement at all universities, maybe everywhere, I don't know. And, uh, you know, the lowest grade I got on a speech was 100. And my teacher was literally like, did you take trip? I'm like, no, I just love it. I enjoy it. And when you love doing it, yeah. you probably do it well. Yeah, exactly. You know, so listening to you, you know, on Clubhouse and other vehicles, you get little snippets. And now this makes perfect sense, meaning about your dad and your mom's ministry and being in these conferences with 15,000 people. So obviously that's how uh, their lives uh, crossed uh, paths with Tim's story. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and then they created a beautiful relationship. There's actually, it's a really cool story that he Call, he, uh, in front of everyone in, in a big conference, called them out, uh, really poured into them, uh, and then said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that your ministry gets off, off you know, the ground. And wow. fast forward, and you know how things are full circle. We had a room with Tim's story, and my mom and dad got to come into the room, and my mom and dad got to thank him for that all these years later publicly through a connection made through me because me and Kim's story reconnected. <laughs> and so uh, through Clubhouse, it's just unbelievable. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's when, What month was that when um, that you had the room with Tim that your parents came I on? I want to say that was about two or three months ago. It was uh -huh. probably sometime this summer. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. that, that had happened already when I connected with you guys. And uh, okay. yes. Wow. That is amazing. So, so with that said, you uh, worked, would you say, um, many years? Uh, I mean, from the um, academia, where did that lead you to? Yeah, so from, great question. So I was actually in hospitality for a long time, and I was that was kind of what I worked part-time in undergrad. And then in grad school, same thing. I stayed working in hospitality, doing some real estate, just kind of giving the types of jobs that led me to have the freedom to, to study and do what I needed to do. So when I first graduated, I stayed in hospitality. I'd gotten a management position and I was making like $48,000 a year. And I was like, I can't give up this, you know, paycheck, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm -hmm. But it wasn't really a passion of mine. And if you know anything in hospitality, you're working on every holiday, you're working mm -hmm. every weekend. And so finally I got my opportunity, which it's really def difficult to work in academia. So it was like a friend of a friend of a friend who got me a job in enrollment, kind of an entry level position at the university. Um, but I knew if I could get my foot in the door, I could shine and I would get ultimately what I wanted. And so then ultimately I got into academic advising and I actually, a bigger promotion, my last title in that space was I was an academic advisor um, specifically for students with disabilities. So I worked out of the Office of Dis Students with Disabilities, uh, which is basically taking the IEPs or individualized educational plans that students would have at high school mm -hmm. and offering them accommodations at the collegiate or university level because it's a little bit different. We have got laws and guidelines. You can't give someone what's called a leg up um, mm -hmm. like you could in high school. Mm -hmm. So we'd have to accommodate in the way that they still earn their degree. I loved that job. I loved absolutely working with these incredible, beautiful souls from all walks of life 
that are striving to get these very, which for them would be maybe 10 times, like us working on a PhD might be them working on their first two years. Do you know what I'm saying? And yet they're coming in day in, day out. So I loved it. And every semester I was knocking on the chair of social sciences door, like I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to be an adjunct. And finally that day came and I loved it. I loved me. I decided in that moment, being a professor is what I want to be full time. Unfortunately, social sciences is a very desirable field. And, you know, everyone remembers their, you know, psych 101 or psych 1101 Mm -hmm. teacher that was 85 years old and he's been teaching psychology for 50 plus years. You usually, you don't leave that field. So I was kind of getting frustrated with access to really living my dreams. And then my life kind of took a turn a little bit. I had a moment on a roller coaster. It sounds so funny because life is a roller coaster with my daughter and it was a ride that I was not allowed to ride because I was so morbidly obese that the harness wouldn't close over me. And in that one moment, that was a catalyst for change for everything because I decided to take my health back. I decided to start living a healthier lifestyle. And in turn, I was able to build a business that now does uh, multi-millions in sales every single year uh, simply because of that one moment. And now I have found my true calling. Well, let's take a turn left and go back for a second because, um, you know, one, well, first off, you just mentioned your daughter. And um, because I know you, I know that you're married and yes. um, you have a son and a daughter. Correct. So when and where did you meet your wife? So my wife actually served in the Marine Corps and she was in Iraq for war. So my wife is in Iraq and I, and I ended up working with one of her best friends and becoming friendly with two of her best friends. And they threw her welcome back party and they invited me. This was in 2003. And I actually said, no, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to go to someone's welcome back party if I don't know them. And they were like, it's a welcome back party, but really it's a house party. Just come. My wife and I met that night. She actually thought I was the funniest person she'd ever met. And for the next year, we were friends. And it wasn't until her 21st birthday, which was March of 2004, that we were celebrating and maybe a little bit of our inhibitions were lowered and we kissed. And from that kiss, we've been together forever, (laughs) ever since. It's been 18 years together, uh, 14 years of marriage. We just celebrated actually in August, 15 years of marriage. And I'm blessed that eight years ago, we gave birth to our daughter, Sophia, four four and a half years ago, our son, Reese, and he really kind of finished off the family. And Mm -hmm. uh, I have my perfect little foursome that we get to do life together, literally all over the world. And it's a true blessing. Really, Alexander, really. So now uh, back to what the ride on the, uh, you know, with Sophia and uh, that you couldn't go on the ride. And one of the things that is um, sticks out to me, um, you know, in this the essence of this uh, piece of your life, is that on social media, your um, your name is on Instagram anyway is not the fat dad. I'm not saying it probably correctly, correct. but uh, right. But um, I'm not yeah, the fat correct. dad. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so you're not fat, and so with that. Do you feel that you'll ever change that or why do you keep that? You know, that's such a great question. Oh, 
no one's ever asked me this question. And I love new questions because actually when I first came on Clubhouse in January, I changed my handle to the fit dad. I've been not the fat dad across platforms. And I decided I was going to start this process of rebranding mm -hmm. because I am not to the, I've lost 85 pounds and kept them off, but I mm -hmm. still have another 20 pounds to lose. And so I felt like I was actually being stuck, being tied to that word fat. And I thought maybe that, you know, if I started claiming I'm the fit dad, you know, next year I'd have abs. That was kind of like my mentality. And so I was going to do that. But the reality of the matter is, is that I beat being fat. And fat was a word that had so much power over me. It was a word that I hated hearing. It was a word that I actually wouldn't utter. It was like a curse word to me. It was mm -hmm. a curse word to me because I was ashamed of who I am. The beauty on this journey of becoming who I have become and building what I've built is I love fully who I am. Not at all moments. There's moments of weakness. There's moments of self-doubt. There's moments of unworthiness. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I look at me as a whole and I'm like, yes, I love that man. And so guess what? I'm okay being tied to a word that no longer has any power over me because it doesn't describe me because that's not who I am and who I ever will be. Mm -hmm. And with so do share with our guests that the company that you work with, we'll talk a little bit about that and tie it back to this moniker, so to speak. And the meaning of that. So because sure, I want to share so, a little bit about that. Yeah, I appreciate that question. And so I'm blessed to be able to promote a product that kind of helped me on this journey because uh, I had tried everything. Like I have injected myself with HCG on a 500 caloric calorie diet, mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, 500 caloric diet a day. I've done all kinds of things to lose weight and nothing was sustainable. And then I found this company that I watched my buddy actually talk about for a year and a half. He was super fit, so I assumed the product was for super fit people, and I was wrong because it helped me lose 84 pounds. The company name is Prove It, it's exogenous ketones. And so basically, the way that, to kind of tap into the name of the company, the, 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 the CEO and owner said, hey, you wanna go climb Mount Kilimanjaro? Prove it. You want to build a big business? Prove it. You want to create a skincare line that sustains for 19 years and helps thousands of people look better and feel better? Prove it. And so that's how the company kind of came up with the name. And mm -hmm. it's something that I get to live with every single day. And it reminds me every single day as well, because mm -hmm. I want to achieve X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. I got to go prove it. I can't just mm -hmm. say it. That's so true. So true. And so when, uh, how long from the time you're on the ride that you couldn't put the seatbelt on to finding Prove It? How long was that? So I had already heard of Prove It. Um, mm -hmm. But after that moment on the ride, because like I said, my best friend had been selling it. He had called me shortly thereafter. And it was in that moment that I was finally ready to hear what he had to say. He actually was mm -hmm. texting me about something completely different. It was a text, not a call. And then in the, after the text, I literally said to him, the words that forever changed my life, by the way, dot, 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 I'm the fattest I've ever been. I have no energy help. That's what I sent to my best friend. And he said, meet me tomorrow. I have something for you. You're going to try this stuff finally. And I said, okay. And uh, best decision of my life. Mm -hmm. And so then that was, that was just, I had already heard of the product. The roller coaster ride happened like in December. By January, I was, I was drinking the, the product because mm -hmm. it was end of December. And then by June, I had lost 80 pounds. By July, I had walked away from my career and had been started doing this because I was making more income. 
on my side hustle. And I have been full-time since July 1st of 2014 promoting this product. So it's been four years of full-time promotions. I think we have uh, like 25,000 teammates worldwide. Uh, and it's been really incredible. Wow. <laughs> it's been an awesome ride. You know, I have been um, personally, um, and it's a funny thing, not haha, but uh, that I carry with me. Uh, my mother was Irish and German, and my father was Italian. Uh, the Irish folks are like six, seven, and uh, tall and thin. But my grandmother, DiMartino, was like four feet, you know, and like a meatball. And um, and then the German folks, you know, were more my, you know, size, so height wise. And so I've always been a little chubby mm. and I've never been really thin. And um, I look back on photos of myself, let's say in high school, I said, man, I wish I was that weight now. You know, <laughs> we always yeah. have this mind's eye thing of ourselves. So I would say that weight has been a... Um, I don't know, a, a, a dynamic that I had to come to terms with. Like, that's why I was fascinated by your moniker, you know, that right. your handle, your handle, as it's called. Um, and is because, um, because, as I said, you're not heavy, but so much of weight is in the mind, too, don't you think? Oh, a thousand percent. Like I said, I had tried everything. With the difference this time was a yes, I found a product that worked 100%. Mm -hmm. But I did made the determination in that moment when I'm literally taking a video of my daughter on the ride, I can't ride and tears are flowing down because the last thing my daughter said to me was Daddy, why can't you ride with mm -hmm. me? And I couldn't say, Oh, because Daddy's too fat. I didn't know how to respond. In that moment, set it set into play the, the the realization that i needed to make a full body mind and spirit transformation right. i couldn't yes. just transform the body because losing weight i could do i always say i was the oprah yo-yo dieter king right. you know what i'm saying i could lose yeah. 20 gain 35 lose 40 right. gain 40 you know go back and forth and just yo-yo and it was because i didn't have my mind and my spirit and soul transformed as well exactly. and that was the journey i needed to go on Yes. And here you're a psychology major, you know, more aware than most and spiritually uh, centered and grounded and still a challenge. So that's why I bring this up, uh, Alexander, to our guests, because that's my heart for unique leaders is that everyone has their own story. Everyone's story. I've been blessed to now interview and you are, drum roll, please, the 52nd unique leaders. So we'll do something special with that. But, you know, everyone's story is unique and everybody has been so open and transparent with their lives. It's been such a blessing for myself as well as people that listen on YouTube and now podcasting. But weight is a dynamic uh, like alcohol that is a, a challenge. But weight is something whether you don't drink or not alcohol. It's something that even if you're thin, you may have had a, a challenge with. And often people don't lose that in their mind's eye. A hundred percent. In fact, I remember talking to my buddy who, he, you know, I always jokingly say that he was born a set of abs and then later grew a head, two arms and two legs. Just, you know, he has, he's bending over and he has abs, you know, it's like, why yeah. are there not rolls? You know, like those people. And so I, I, you know, was having a discussion with him about first working out. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I'm very uncomfortable in the gym. There's two things I don't like about the gym. It's full of mirrors. 
<laughs> which I understand why they want you to do your form correctly. And it's full of meatheads, the two ends of gym. And I was, I felt judged by both. I felt judged by what I saw in the mirror. And I felt judged by what I saw in the eyes of the meatheads. And what he said to me forever changed my mind. He said, all those guys and women in there that are ripped. He's like me with abs. I promise you I'm in the gym dissecting my body and tearing it apart more than you ever will. The only reason we look that way is because how hard we are on ourselves. Now, of course, I don't wanna say a blanket statement. There's probably people who are very body positive and have abs and whatnot, but to sustain that body, you really go through a very difficult um, diet, very difficult weight training regimen. And so you really kind of have to have a little bit of perfectionism in you, which means when you're looking in the mirror, you're not seeing perfection. And so he's like, you're both, we're both sets of people are feeling the same way when they're looking in the mirror. Interesting. Very interesting. And so that really leads to that we're our own worst critic. And 100%. What, exactly. And what, what we're seeing, like he said, people don't care. They're not looking at us. It's us that are seeing these exactly. imperfections. Yeah. Wow. Yes, very much so. Well, this morning on Clubhouse, you were um, interviewing a woman um, about saying yes and uh, in this world of saying no. And you brought up, as you had shared, though, but working at the Ritz-Carlton, and you were sharing about the training that you've had. Amazing training. I can see I now have a greater understanding of how this wonderful Alexander, you know, evolved. Um, but so today you were leading a uh, major, I mean, there was hundreds of people in that room. Uh, where are you, and you're doing your prove it and very successfully and building teams and uh, just impacting, you know, hundreds and thousands of people, as you said, uh, where do you see yourself going with all of this? Or have you not really put that together? Um, at this moment in time? Oh, no, I know where my destination is. If I don't know my destination, how could I ever get there? Amen. The reality of the matter is, is that Prove It is currently one of the streams of income that I have in my life. It's my largest stream of income. It's the one that I dedicate the most amount of time to. And it's the one that has actually created um, the self-development necessary for me to actually even open up even open up to other streams of income. I never thought that that was even a possibility for me. And so mm -hmm. where I see myself five years down the road is on way more stages. Uh, I, public speaking has been something that I knew that I was called to. I gave up on it becoming a reality because I didn't have the pathway to that. Both mm -hmm. being in network marketing and being on Clubhouse created paths for me, and I'm taking advantage of them. So in five years, not only will you see me have one of the largest businesses within network marketing across uh, companies, mm -hmm. um, being able to generate wealth, not for myself, but for many, many others, and in turn, that increasing my family's network. You're also going to see me on more stages. Uh, I hope to be doing a minimum of two conferences a month. By the time mm -hmm. five years from now, I would like to be about the 25 um, mark range where I'm doing, tw I'm on 25 stages plus a year. And yeah. I'm excited about that. Really, truly, truly excited about that. I am too. And I was hoping that's what you were going to say. Uh, you know, like you shared with our guests that uh, the Embrace Your Ambition in Denver in June was your first stage. But, you know, not only was it your first stage, but you... Um, basically, we're the MC. 
So, I mean, you, you basically, um, you know, set the tone and the feel of, of the Holy Spirit truly did that. But you uh, were that light in that room, Alexander. Thank you. And that's I, that's what I was hoping you were going to say, that, uh, you know, you had that was your plan, because it's very clear as you're moderating these rooms uh, and with such finesse and such humor and love that uh it's, but isn't it interesting how God works with, you know, 100%. what you went to, really, it's fascinating because what you went to school for and with and did and trained and then the Marriott Corporation, but certainly, like you said, your parents, wow, wow, it's really. It's amazing. a true blessing and it, it, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret to you okay. and your audience coming in October. I, so one of my segments on Breakfast with Champions in Clubhouse is Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. And that segment is where I interview a champion and then the, the, the audience gets to love on that champion. It's not an ideal segment for a podcast. So now that this is all turned into hourly podcasts, mm -hmm. we're revamping. So my revamp, drum roll please, is going to be Love IV figuring out how to drip love in all areas of your life. So I'm going to be coaching how to utilize love in business, how to utilize love in relationships, love in parenting, love in the different aspects. And it's going to be able to be recycled and bring new topics off because we know every audience is, is new every week. Yes. And so I, I'm known for love. I really love sharing love. And it's one of those things that those that can't teach, I used to suffer with a lot of issues with self-love. And in doing the work of transforming my mind, body, and soul, I've learned to have that self-love. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it, I still have moments of weakness, but I've learned it in a way that I can teach. And so if I can use the gifts and tools that God's given me over these last four years to start chip, chiseling away and becoming the man that he intended me for, for me to be, becoming stepping into my greatness on a daily basis, why shouldn't I share the anecdotal evidence of things that have happened in my life that might actually help one other person? And so that's going to be a conversation that we're going to be having and really kind of viewing things through the lens of love. Because mm -hmm. number one, I, I believe that business is all about people. It's all about relationships. We're in the business of people, the business of relationships. And love is that it's the highest vibration that yes. we can really build relationships with. And I genuinely can say that I love you. Like I, I, from the bottom of my heart, I mean that. And mm -hmm. people don't get it. People are like, how can you love someone so easily? And it's like, well, first off, you make it easy to love. I mean, you're just, I, I know that your staff is like so blessed to have you as a role model in their lives as someone who's accomplished so much and then outsources still and learns from them. Like, wow, how powerful is that? And every time you unmute and you open your mouth, be it on Clubhouse or any platform, really, you touch lives. And so I, it's easy to love you. And it's, well, how can, well, learn to look at all the beauty in people, learn yes. to look at all the greatness within them, but we're taught not to point that out. We're That's taught right. to quicker, quick, easier to tear someone down to lift ourselves up. But the, mm -hmm. real, the reality is, is if you're pointing out the greatness in someone else and you love them freely and truly and love them for all the glory that they are, Mm -hmm. then that only amplifies the greatness within you. It doesn't diminish it. It makes your greatness even greater. And if I can coach someone to understand that, even one person, then I honestly believe that I can pass from this earth and I've done my mission because that's what I'm called to do. I've been infused with love freely. I have to teach others how to do it. And Megan, I want to say this. 
whoever is listening to me, you are already saturated in all the greatness that you need. You simply have to surrender to it. And the quickest way you can is to truly start loving yourself exactly as you are, exactly as God sees you. Because guess what? We're all made in his image. And when others saw a shepherd boy in David, God saw a king. And he sees kings in all of us and that's and queens in all of us. And that's all we have to do is see the king in ourselves, see the queen within and step into it. Amen. Wow, Alexander, what a platform for you. Holy moly, <laughs> guacamole. But also that also is a, such a statement about, uh, you know, people, I'm sure you get this as well. Um, you know, uh, I was, for instance, I was on a um, Zoom call yesterday afternoon and I had the phone over here and um, you could hear, I didn't think anyone could hear, but I had Clubhouse on. <laughs> and someone said on that Zoom call, what do you have on there? And I'm like, Oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. And um, I, I turned it da- off because uh, and um, that person was a little curt in that. And I but she came on the screen because she said that. And I said, wow, you look so beautiful today. And it was it was so disarming to her because I meant it sincerely meant it. But she said, wow, that was so kind of you after I was somewhat rude to you. Yeah. And and I said, but I I mean that. And she goes, well, that just truly shows your heart. So Mm. I share that, though, from the standpoint of here, you're sharing love because I meant that. It's like, wow, you look fabulous. And uh, because I didn't see her in the Hollywood Squares thing before that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. And but what you're saying right there, I mean, Clubhouse is so powerful. It is so amazingly powerful. And then I came back and I said, well, that's Clubhouse. And they were like, what is that, you know, type of thing. And so it's it's going to get that much more powerful. Don't you agree? Oh, 100%. I think, you know, Clubhouse, one of the things that it does, first and foremost, you can't hide behind, you know, a booty pick and a cute filter. <laughs> you have to really show up with yourself. And, and you can say one thing one day, but people remember. And so if you don't stay congruent and your message stay the same and who you say you are is really who you are, it's yeah. going to be sniffed out very quickly. But mm-hmm. what's beautiful about it is access. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have never been had, had access to speak with Grant Cardone, to exactly. speak with Tim Story, to speak with... I got to interview Ashton Kutcher in front of 1,500 people. I got to meet Tori Spelling and ask her about her life in front of 2,000 people on Clubhouse. Like, these are... <laughs> what? Like, what the, the access that this has provided to me and then meeting people like yourself that maybe don't have the notoriety of an Ashton Kutcher, but queens and kings in their own right, you're just developing this tribe of people that edify you, have accomplished great things, help you accomplish great things. I'll be honest, I have not made a ton of business from Clubhouse specifically. I have made some and it's been good. I don't wanna mm-hmm. you know, make it seem like I haven't, I have. However, what happens is that my energy when I come off is so elevated mm-hmm. that business and 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 customers and business partners flow freely to me because I'm continually in a magnetic state because I'm in, I'm starting my day and finishing my day surrounded by thought leaders that are pushing us towards our greatness. So it's just yeah. been amazing for me. But it's also um, you're honing your craft and you're uh, because had you not 
been doing that. I, I'm sure on some level with Prove It, but on the on what everything else you've done. But you were ready to get on that stage in June um, and uh, continue to hone that craft. And Correct. so, yeah, and the uh, as you said earlier, the contacts also are priceless. Are just priceless. absolutely. And you yeah. know what? Prove It had given me a couple stages. But I was never a paid public speaker. I was just speaking on those stages, tearing, telling my story. Mm-hmm. And that's Clubhouse turned me into a paid public speaker. I have, a, I have contracts that I have signed. I get my plane tickets in my hotel room paid for, and they start giving me money. Like, that is banana. Like, money. I never thought that that would happen. And I gave up on this dream. Legitimately, I gave up on that dream. And now... I am creating a brand around that dream only. I know that what now is my large income, you know, earner will stay an income earner, but mm-hmm. my public speaking, I promise you, I will one day command thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to be on stages, not because I need the money, but because the no. value that I'm adding will exactly. be there. The value that people are receiving will be there. And every single day I get to hone my craft even more on Clubhouse, have discussions with people like a Glenn Lundy where we can, he's mentoring me and he's yeah. teaching me things and how to do, how to be effective in this way and how to be effective in that way. Unbelievable. It's priceless. Again, priceless. You probably, I know you don't know this. Um, when my, actually this is September and I was just sharing with the ladies that my husband passed away 10 years ago this month. And the night he passed somewhere, it was dark outside, but so early morning. And as the sun was dawning, uh, the backyard was full of white butterflies, full, not a few, full. And I had been up for a couple of days and uh, so I was exhausted, but I put my head down on the kitchen table and I just started praying, Father, what are you trying to tell me? I mean, because this was, am I hallucinating? What is going on here? You know, and as right. I was raising my head, Alexander, uh, I heard in my spirit, uh, and this has happened a few times in my life, but I heard, share your story. And mm. so I said, what story? Tonight's story, meaning Paul's passing, his illness, my life story. Well, God doesn't answer those questions. That's what you're right. saying. And so I started journaling, and that was September 2011. And uh, in 17, I knew at that point I was to get off of 7th Street, so to speak. That's the historic Georgetown Square where my spa was. Not so much that you bolt out of there, but I knew that time there was going, it was limited. I knew that there was a change going to happen. So I started networking again. That's when I met Sharon Lecter, and I reconnected with Lisa Copeland. That's how I met Sharon and the summer of 17. But that summer, I wrote an outline for a, this story, so to speak. Then um, in uh, fall of 19, I started writing a business course. And I had this crushing thing in my spirit, just I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. So I said, okay, okay. And I went back and just sat down and started writing. And I published Hope and Possibilities in uh, December of 2019. And it went to number one on Amazon January 4th of 20. So then the lockdown happens, then the unique leaders happens, then Clubhouse happens. And I share this because of what you just said also is that, um, you know, it was March, Alexander, and Glenn, you know, I've been following Rising, he and Rising Grind, I've met him a few times in real life. Uh, but 
um, he said, you know, come on to Clubhouse. And I did in January, but I did. I was listening. I was somewhat intimidated. And then in March, I heard talk. Talk. Well, I know how to talk. But um, I then flicked the um, little microphone there and, um, you know, raised my hand, I guess, and uh, went up on the stage. And that's when I met you, meaning started to talk, started to share a bit of my story, started to learn. And it's just, you know, I, I too am going to be on stages with my little yes. story, but and share that hope and possibilities. And it's never too early or too late to, you know, create the life of your dreams. I agree. But, but what a wonderful blessing. I've never shared that, by the way, on uh, this, you know, unique leaders, but but what a wonderful platform that this clubhouse is to give us that platform to learn and grow and craft. Absolutely. Our yeah. Yes. I love yeah. it. Well, it's about, to, it's, I hate to end our visit together, but the thing I do want to share before I ask you the final question is that, um, and as I shared in my intro and uh, you know, that this is going to be a podcast by Tuesday, it's on YouTube. Uh, that people that are listening to this and can listen to it again and again will hear that hope and possibilities, you know, from the fat dad to, you know, uh, you know, marinating in your spirit, who you really are, who God created you to be. And so I just pray that others listen to this and listen to your story, Alexander, and know that um, they too can change their life at any given moment, at any given time. It's just yes. so powerful. Yeah. Yes. Amen. I claim that. Yes. 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 So my final question, which I ask everyone, is actually I mentioned Sharon Lecter a bit ago, and she and Greg Reed wrote a book called Three Feet from Gold. I don't know if you've ever read it, but. Love it. Yes. It's, okay. Okay. Well, in, uh, you know, it's a uh, somewhat autobiographical biographical of Greg Reed in the latter part of the fiction part, but it's about in the beginning state of part of it. It's about this guy from the gold rush days from the East coast goes West and buys his little piece of land, had gold fever and started chiseling away and uh, would go and get his supplies and was moaning the blues about it. And then uh, finally gave up and a town folk bought the property, chiseled away and in three feet found gold. So it, you know, it's, it's saying to us to never stop. But in that book, Sharon has put in her success formula. And so, as you know, it's passion plus talent times action times uh, association plus faith equals success. Now, I'm not going to ask you all of that. But what I am going to ask you is, what is your passion and what is your talent? Ooh, okay. So my passion is being a generate not a generator of wealth but being a wealth generator in the lives of others not just teaching them how to make money which in my opinion is being rich but how to make that money grow for themselves investing in themselves for their continued growth but also investing into the kingdom because what you give freely you never really lose. And so teaching that a part of everything that we gain belongs to him first. So that is something I'm very, very, very passionate about. Now mm -hmm. I do have a vehicle that I help people do that through, but any which way that someone can come to me and learn a way that they can break through and break free from generational curses of poverty and, and disbelief in oneself, mm -hmm. let's go for it. And then my talent, we've talked about it a lot, but my talent is definitely public speaking. 
Um, but I'm going to say that actually my biggest talent is being a love aficionado. I love all things love and I love to love on people. I love to be loved on. And uh, the greatest thing that I can do is to freely love others. Because again, what you give freely, you never lose. So if I can love the world freely, I'm only going to get love back tenfold. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, I just, again, I could go on and on with you. I was so looking forward to this uh, time with you because today it's, it's very challenging. People are very defeated or feel defeated. And with that in your heart, my friend, and sharing that freely, wow, you're going to change lives forever, forever. Alexander Gonzalez, thank you so much for joining me today on Unique Leaders. I truly, truly appreciate it. And I know our guests, uh, whether today or over the next whenever, will be blessed by your story and what you've shared. And I truly, truly thank you. But if you would hang out in the green room for a minute as I say our final goodbye, I would appreciate it. And I'll see you Absolutely. In a thank, thank you so much. I appreciate you. This was awesome. Well, as I said, I mean, so many wows here, but I just am so blessed and I know that you are as well. And so as I shared in the beginning, share, 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 share this out on all your social media platforms, on YouTube, uh, go subscribe and know that it will be on all the podcasting platforms on Tuesday. So go there and again, subscribe and just share it out. It will bless others, I know. And to give you, as I share, as I keep saying share, but my book, Hope and Possibilities, Just Over the Horizon, it's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. It is on Amazon. It went to number one in uh, January of 2004, but it is at no charge on my website, megandemartino.com. So go there and it's an ebook and soon the audio book will be there as well. So I'm very excited about that and other things to come as well. But next Friday, I will see you again on Unique Leaders Live. Thank you again and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandemartino.com. I have a free gift for you. My book, Hope and Possibilities, Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.